One of the great things about day-to-day ministry here at Christ the King is Cornerstone Cafe, which is at the front of the activity center right across the gathering area there facing Highland. The doors are open Monday through Friday for anybody to come on in and get a cup of coffee or tea or hot chocolate for free, just hang out, study, have some conversation. And it never shocks me as to what types of conversations go on in that cafe. A lot of times I'll walk in throughout the day meaning to just hang out and visit some students and then uh, somehow end up with another cup of coffee in my hand and just fuel this addiction that I've developed here at Beloved CTK. But a few weeks ago, I walked into a conversation that was very unique, and I actually really enjoyed it. We get people from every walk of life that come to visit and get some coffee and just hang out. And this one particular person was talking about, you know, reading scripture and then being rubbed the wrong way with a certain thing. Most of that time, he said, I get so angry sometimes when I see Jesus say something or do something that for us is just impossible and yet we're supposed to be his followers and his disciples and do all these things and we just can't. He's setting us up for failure. I said, well, what are one of those things? I'm thinking, I can't think of any. He said, well, Matthew's gospel, he says, be perfect just as your heavenly father is perfect. We know that human beings are not perfect. We know that we're going to sin again. We know that we can go back to confession over and over and over. We can go to the sacraments. We can pray and do all these different things, but we're never going to be perfect, at least on this side of heaven. So what is Jesus setting us up to do other than fail? It's a really good question. It is a very good question, and it's one that we have to be very conscious of when we read Scripture because it's not just an invitation. It's not just an encouragement. This is a command from Jesus. You be perfect as God the Father is perfect. But like most of Scripture, the English translation that we read is not as perfect as we'd like it to be, no pun intended. But that word that Jesus uses, be perfect, in the original Greek, there is no great translation but it kind of gives this connotation of being fulfilled being full or complete there's this maturation that has to uh, to take place you have to be mature about it it's not maturity as a, oh be a grown up about it but this maturity and this deepening this depth that can only come from a real and true encounter with God himself we see that elsewhere in scripture where that word perfect is used and it's talking about this fulfillment that only comes from God So for Jesus to say, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, and he gives us all these different ways as to how we can be perfect. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, no, that was the old law. Turn your cheek to the other side so they can hit you harder. Oh, they want to sue you for one thing? Give them everything. They want you to work for one mile? Give them two miles. To us, that sounds absurd, stupid. And yet there's this depth of generosity that the Lord is talking to us about so that we too can realize what that generosity is like. It comes from God himself. Look throughout all of the Old Testament, all of the prophets, all of the killing and the slaying and the new covenants and the new covenants when we mess things up and then, oh yeah, more covenants. And it's this generosity of God saying, you are my people and I'm not going to turn my back on you. It seems like you want me to, you turn your back on me, but I'm not giving up on you. There's this generosity that the Lord gives, and from this generosity he gives. It's that same generosity and fulfillment that is what's going to bring our hearts to completion. Because our hearts are created to know, to love, and to choose him. They're made by him so that we can know him 
choose him and then serve him, not in a servile way like we're his slaves, but that we should be brought to this deepening of love, to want to choose him, to want to go after him, to want to be an instrument, a vessel, because that's where we meet our fulfillment. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus is saying, let my Father fulfill you. Realize what your wants are and then realize where those wants come from. Because wants are kind of surface level. I want to eat an entire pizza. But where is that want coming from? This deep desire I have to be nourished and to be fulfilled in a real and physical way. I want to get married or I want to be a priest. I want to do something because there's this deepening and this depth of a desire to give ourselves entirely to something or really someone. And it's not until then will we have our true fulfillment. It's going to be difficult for sure. There's always this perfection and it's always being worked on by God. When we lend ourselves to prayer, when we realize what it is we do when we come here to Mass even, very few times do we actually walk in the doors of the church about to come to Mass and we think, wow, I'm walking up to Mount Calvary. I'm about to witness Jesus' crucifixion, this bloody and gruesome image which hangs in every sanctuary of every Catholic church to remind us that this, yes, was a death at one point, but it brings new life. And not just new life, a fulfillment of life, a perfection of life, if you will. It is that same perfection, that same fulfillment, that same life, that same gift, that same grace that only God himself can provide. But he's not just going to throw it at us. He's not just going to automatically give it to us. We do have to be open to it. In just three days, we're going to be in the middle of Lent again already, well, at the beginning of Lent. It's hard to believe we're already there, and I thought today, I don't even know what I'm going to do for Lent. What am I giving up? What am I going to take on? What am I supposed to do? However you may be answering that question right now, or if you've ever even considered at this point that Ash Wednesday is this coming Wednesday, ask yourself the question, not what I need to give up or what I should do, but what is preventing me from perfection? What is preventing me from fulfillment? What is hindering this fulfillment and answering of this desire that I have in my heart? What is this desire? When we start to answer those questions, then we know what we could and should do in order to really live Lent. And it's not just to get rid of something. It's not just to go through these 40-ish days of penitence. There was a Franciscan priest not too long ago that was giving a, a talk on the saints, and he's talking about this all these accounts of martyrdom and Saint so-and-so said this and Saint so-and-so did that and there's these wonderful, terribly gruesome and painful stories. But all these stories that tell of the saints' martyrdom and how much they were willing to suffer and go through for the greater glory of God, he said we look at that from back centuries in the church and we think, wow, that was so holy and awesome. And then we ask ourselves, what have you done? What are you doing to grow in holiness? And we go, one lint. I gave up chocolate. How lame is that? What is preventing you from this perfection? What is preventing you from giving yourself entirely to the Lord? If it is chocolate, give it up. But chances are it's something deeper, something bigger, something more difficult. But don't be afraid of that. The Lord invites you into it, calls you into it, and then provides the grace willingly and immediately for you to be able to stick to it. 
It's not just a diet plan. It's not just like Catholic boot camp. It's for us to be able to be purified in our very wants and desires. Because when we have nothing left, we turn only to God. Then we are made perfect. Like St. Paul writes in, his, in some of his epistles, when I am weak, then I'm strong. When I have nothing, then I'm fulfilled. When I am sinful, broken, and downtrodden, I turn to the Lord, and then I am made perfect. Then I am made fulfilled. Then I am set free and I'm healed. That's a desire that the Lord has for each and every one of us. This depth of generosity, this depth of yearning and longing and thirsting, God himself put it there. Don't stifle it. That's what sin does. Think about it. Anytime we turn to sin, we really do think that this thing we're grasping at that hurts us and causes us to sin is something that we think is going to fulfill us, something we think is going to be good for us. St. Augustine is known for saying that the man who knocks on the door of a brothel really is seeking God. I want this, I want that, I want, 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 but what is that desire that you're trying to fill with brokenness and sin? The Lord doesn't ask any of this to shame us, but to say, I still love you. I still cherish you. You are still mine, and there's nothing that you're ever going to be able to do that's going to change that. And there's not this invitation or this encouragement, but this command, this demand for G from Jesus to his disciples, be perfect, be grown, be mature, be fulfilled, be set free. Only when we turn to God, when we run to the throne of God the Father, with Jesus taking us by the arm and running with us, and being surrounded by that beautiful Holy Spirit that protects us and encourages us and strengthens us, only is it in that moment, only is it then, that we can truly become fulfilled and start to know what it means when Jesus says, my children, my chosen ones, my beloved ones, be perfect, because that is the way to your Father. Thank you for listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. The ministry here is possible thanks to our generous supporters. If you would like to become a CTK Golden Giver or learn more, please check our website. Your monthly financial support reaches hearts across LSU's campus and beyond. Details can be found on the website at ctklsu.org.